Welcome to the Grow Old With Me podcast, where we connect our family to yours through openness and vulnerability, while keeping God's truth at the center of our discussions. Welcome back to the Grow Old With Me podcast. Uh, I'm Peter, together with Crystal, uh, where we'll begin episode three, which is about complacency versus works-based faith. So in this, I think we'll start by uh, trying to define what we mean when we say complacent and works-based faith. So the Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines complacency as a feeling of being satisfied uh, with how things are and not wanting to try and make them better. Yeah. Um, and when we think of, of works-based faith, uh, we're talking more about... Uh, not, not necessarily that we're doing things that are wrong. It's actually that we could be doing things that could be uh, viewed as right, but that we're doing it with the wrong intentions, that we're doing it more for uh, the appearance or the show, uh, more than a, an expression of an, an inward heart that's pointed toward Christ. Uh, we're more concerned of what others might think instead of what God thinks. We thought this would be an interesting show because both Peter and I come at this from different angles. I think... I am more likely to be complacent in my life um, and just be satisfied with how things are and not really try to <laughs> just kind of not, yeah, not trying to make things better. Right. Like, oh, Jesus loves me Yeah. anyway. Yeah. And I, I kind of go the other way uh, where I feel like I have to be to, I have this tendency to, to need to work hard to try to earn some trophy uh, as though uh, God's love for me is is conditional or that I have to uh, impress other people as though maybe I can earn some points in the church or, or I think kind of striving for some um, goal like I need to work hard to attain something is something that I lean toward and that doesn't mean that I don't sin it doesn't mean that I don't worry about what people think of me or Peter sometimes isn't yeah. complacent but it just it just seems like those are kind of the main tendencies that right. we have. Yeah. So we'll first start talking about complacency. Um, and since this seems to be the area where I struggle, I was going to give a few examples from my life yeah. that I think would be complacent. Yeah. Um, so right now, I would say my biggest struggle i think is having three kids in the house sometimes being crazy i think i'm very quick to call survival mode where um like oh geez things just went crazy today so i didn't get that laundry done or i didn't get the dishes done that i needed to and right when the kids rested i just really needed a break yeah um yeah no i I've been there too. You know, we, we kind of label it on the same way, but I, I think those kids running around all the time, I think things get out of our, our plan A very quickly. And instead of maybe trying to form a plan B, a plan C or a plan D, when plan A goes out the window, it's just easier maybe just turn on the TV uh, and hide instead mm -hmm. of trying to like put in a little extra effort and, and find an activity that the family can do together. And I don't, I don't think it's a sin. Like stuff does happen and laundry doesn't get done and dishes don't get done. And sometimes houses are a mess in a season. Yeah. But I think it's with my heart attitude. Am I trying to get out of things? Am I not? Um, like, I think it's a sin on days when I could get the laundry done to sure. just label it as an excuse. Yeah. So then I don't have to feel like 
guilty about it later. Right. And that's, you know, that's something with, with our family. We, we've said that earlier about our ministry is that it's, it's a real a real ministry to have three children and try to raise them properly. Uh, and, and I think that's kind of what we're trying to get to is uh, to take that, that mission seriously. Um, and actually, sometimes it's going to be work. And I think for Crystal and I both, that, that work has been overwhelming. It's just incredibly difficult being a parent. And uh, we thought that, honestly, when we had one kid, and then our second one came around, and then the third one, and it doesn't get any easier the more you have. I mean, it just, uh, we're on three right now, and some of you listening probably have way more than that. And uh, you're thinking, well, if I only had three kids, I could probably get a lot done too. And we use that as a reason for for not uh, getting things done. Yeah. And I think now, now that we speak about that, um, early on in our marriage, I remember uh it just being us two and I remember being like oh I just couldn't get that laundry done or (laughs) geez I'm so tired I don't want to make supper tonight so let's go out to eat um and I look back now and I think why couldn't I get that stuff done then right um but I think again it was that that sinful nature that I didn't want to put in the effort yeah I I think I struggle with that too. Like if if I've got a day that's completely unstructured uh, or or a large period of time, I think it's easier to burn up that time when there's a lot of nothing time scheduled in. Um, Where where maybe if, um, you know, we have a lot more going on, you have to be more deliberate about those free minutes or that... uh, what is it you've been calling it? Fringe hours. Mm-hmm. We got to be more more deliberate about what we do with that time. Right. And I think my last example was, um, I always joke that in college, if I had a test coming soon that I was getting stressed about, I would clean that. I would choose that time to clean right. my that's my the, house. That I that's was when the house is the cleanest. Is <laughs> when the test is the next day. Right. But I think it's that. Um, I think not wanting to try, not wanting, just being satisfied with how things are, right. how better of a grade I could have gotten on that test if I would have just put in the time instead of delaying and finding other things to do. Yeah, I, I think the same thing. It's not just like housework or homework. It's not even that that we're talking about. But I think I, I've got this tendency too to to even look at my own spiritual walk with Christ, my relationship, and kind of give that same attitude and say. Well, it's good enough. I, I've already read those verses. Or, you know, I, I give these excuses for not taking the, the more difficult and effort-ridden road. Uh, and I give myself some outs and, and excuses for not actually pouring into the work. And I think my relationship with Christ suffers. I, I don't put in the work to make the relationship go well. Mm-hmm. And I think um, being complacent, I think we can use the word grace in a not, not how Christ would want us to like, Oh, Christ's grace covers me in this. Right. Um, he loves me anyway, but yes, he does. Yeah. His grace does cover me. Absolutely. (laughs) But I should be as a Christ follower, that should be an outpouring out of my heart. And like, um, we should live as a, in thankfulness to that grace and actually right. do things um, as, as a result of what he's done for us that we're going to want to do things back for him. Right. Rather than just saying, oh, his grace covers me and that's good enough. Right.
But that brings us to our uh, point about workspace faith, uh, is that uh, I have this tendency to, to do these things that, that look like they're uh, meant to please God, when in reality, it's not for God at all that I'm doing these things. The, the truth is, if I'm really able to uh, introspectively evaluate my motives on why I do uh, what even could be appearing to be godly things, is that oftentimes I'm doing these things to advance myself. Uh, and it's kind of this, this weird uh, internal thing coming out, but what it actually is, is I really want to look good to other people. Uh, specifically to the Christian communities that I found myself to be a part of. Um, I want them to accept me as a godly man. I want to be seen and respected for being a Christian. And sometimes I'll do these Christian-y things uh, simply to, to please them and make myself look good rather than actually um, please God. I, I have this tendency uh, to try to show off my Christianishness to... Other Christians. I know I'm making up these words, but that's basically what I, I tend to do. And I think it's an easy trap to fall into um, when you do something well. Even when the compliments come in, I think all of us need to be careful about uh, thinking, oh, I did that. Right. Because we need to be directing that praise right back to God. Right. I mean, sometimes I, I, I feel like it's okay to receive... Um, that acknowledgement when somebody says um, that they've noticed you did something well, I think that can be very encouraging and drive somebody um, to continue to want to do something good. But I think for the person receiving the compliment, it it's it can be potentially dangerous to make sure that, like Crystal said, you're giving it back to God and not internalizing this as some self-advancement. I've got this list of things that I think I've done with the wrong motives. And this is not to say that God hasn't used the result of these actions for his glory. I think that he can use uh, what we, what, what man uses for evil, God can turn around and use for good any, anyway. God can use all things for good. But I think some of the things, I, I've, I've just gone to church as an attendee simply because I want people to see me there. Uh, I've participated in Bible studies so that people can think that I know what's in that Bible. Uh, I want them to hear me say a Bible verse from memory, and it's going to make me look biblically smart. And people are going to respect me for that. Or even pray in front of a group because, oh, that guy is comfortable praying in front of a group. Or even I want to show that I'm generous even though internally that's a really tough battle for me by being seen putting something in that offering bin or even like signing up for a missions trip so that uh, people maybe think that uh, I'm a servant uh, when in reality I think some of those things though in each one of those I want to put a big asterisk on it are very good things to do uh, is just to make sure that we're evaluating our motives in the things that we do making sure that it's for God and not for our own self-advancement I think Mine would be um, in mothering. I want people to think I'm a good mother. And I think I've come down harder on the kids <laughs> when we've been in public or right. something where I'm embarrassed that they're acting <laughs> out because it's making yeah. me look bad. No, I know. I, we recently had a, a dinner guest over at our house and our kids uh, were kind of, I thought, 
off the wall and all over the place and uh, I kept apologizing oh I'm sorry for our kids I'm sorry for our kids and our dinner guests finally left and, and Crystal looked at me and she's like I don't know why you kept apologizing that's how they act every, <laughs> every night <laughs> like I was only more self aware of it because we actually had somebody I felt like was judging me and I wanted to impress that person yeah so um, when it comes down to it this works based uh, idea I think what we really want to drive home is it's not it's not the work or the action that is being done. It's the motive behind that work or action. And that's with both. It's with complacency and workspace. I mean... <laughs> right. Our, with complacency, if you're not getting the laundry done, I mean, it's not a sin to not get the laundry done. I believe that things come up, but we need to look at our hearts. It's right. not a sin to want to pray in front of a group of people. Right. But we need to look at our hearts and why we're doing these things. Right. Because really, I mean, the kind of thing we keep trying to say is that we need to um, be reflecting the glory back to God and not putting it onto ourselves. So really, we want to be to find a balance between the two. We don't want to be too far either way. And it really, (laughs) I think it, it... the scale tips very quickly, I think. It's, it's well, very hard that's to the find problem, that balance. I think with, with human nature is we tend to error no matter which end we're on. We, we are naturally drawn to take the easy way. And when we decide to take the hard way, we want credit for it. You know, it, it's, it's hard to, to find a way to do what is right and to do it without recognition. Mm-hmm. Um. But I think remaining in Christ, being in communication with Christ, praying about it, telling him and giving him what's on our hearts. Okay, today, Lord, I lost it. I I did want the recognition. Or, <laughs> yeah. you know, Lord, I, I made excuses today and I didn't get what I, what I could have used with my hours done. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but I think that's the thing about it is to be real and reflective and and. And when need be, and often it is, to apologize. I'm sorry for what I've made that. Yeah. So here's some verses um, from Second Thessalonians 3, verses 8 and 9. We work night and day, laboring and toiling to make ourselves a model for you to follow. And then um, to follow with verse 13, never tire of doing what is right. And I think... Um, we need to remember that even in times when maybe our feelings don't want to, we need to decide to do it. Right. And in those moments, it's best to pray, say, Lord, I don't, I don't feel like doing this right now. I really don't. Yeah. But I think using God to help us through life is the model of what we are supposed to be doing. Right. He'll, he'll equip us with the energy when we're feeling tired or even the, uh, um, the resources we need when we feel depleted or or are out of what we have, he'll give us what we need so that he can uh, get that work that he wants us to accomplish done. Yeah. Um, I think um, in in counteracting the the workspace, uh, Jesus is is all over the the Pharisees, but he just straight up names them hypocrites, uh, which which is ironic because those are the the religious leaders of the time. Uh, He is the hardest on them. In Matthew 6, uh, he says, be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men to be seen by them. Um, and then he kind of breaks it down a category by category. And he says, um, when you give, don't let your left hand know what your right is doing, but do it in secret. And he says, when you pray, 
don't pray like the hypocrites who love being seen by men. Uh, so Jesus is, is kind of itemizing those acts of righteousness and saying those are good things to do. By all means, give and pray, but don't do it like the hypocrites. Make sure that your motives and your heart are right. Yeah, um, and, and Paul kind of continues that uh, and saying that in the end, God is going to display what your motives are anyway. Um, and, and he's not going to uh, attribute anything to you that was done selfishly. It says in 1 Corinthians 3.10 uh, through 15 that uh, each man's work will be shown for what it is. It will be revealed with the fire and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. Uh, so basically all of our works are going to be put up against a fire at the end of uh, Judgment Day. And we're going to have to answer for what our heart was, not actually for what the work was, but for our intentions on what we were accomplishing with those works. And the other verse we had for complacency was Colossians for chapter 3, verse 23. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as though working for the Lord. Yeah. And I think we need to remember that, working for the Lord. Right. Um, and I think it adds a little bit of an extra holiness or you know um it might light a fire a little bit more than if i'm like oh i just don't feel like it yeah. if i think this is for the lord this is to honor and glorify the lord i think it's it's way more motivating absolutely so whether you're sitting on a couch binge watching the olympics or standing in front of a crowd to pray Let's examine our motives and remember that God looks past the way things appear and looks at our hearts.